Good morning, everyone. You can open up in your Bibles to the book of Colossians. We are returning to our study of Colossians, and we will be focusing our attention on Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 11. Now, as you remember from our previous study of Colossians, in chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, the Apostle Paul lays out for us our union with Christ. This section of Scripture is really the hinge upon which the book of Colossians turns. You see, all that has gone forth in chapters 1 and 2 has been an outlaying of Paul's theology, of how we have been saved in Christ. And we do not need to turn to the regulations of the world, but to faith in Christ Jesus. In verses 1 through 4 of chapter 3, Paul then tells us to set our minds upon these realities, to meditate upon these truths, and to ground ourselves in the truth that we are in Christ Jesus. Then going forward in verses 5 and following, we see how Paul's theology affects the way that we live. And so in chapters 3 and 4, we have outlined for us how we are to live as new creations in Christ Jesus. So let us pick up at chapter 3, verse 5, reading through verse 17. This is God's holy word for His people. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. In these, you too once walked when you were living in them. But now, you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its Creator. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness and patience, bearing with one another, And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Let us pray. Father, we come to You this morning seeking to understand spiritual truths from Your Word. And so we pray that You would give us Your Spirit that we truly might understand and see and know and walk in faithfulness. We pray it in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. 
to understand our passage for this morning, we first need to understand what Paul means when he says in verses 9 and 10, you have put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self. Now, what are the old self and the new self? You see, until we understand what Paul is referring to, we'll not be able to understand the ethical commands that are given in the rest of our passage. And we'll have no power to overcome sin. The old self and the new self are references to the old nature to which we are all born and the new nature that we are given when we are united to Christ. Now, the old nature was originally created in the image of God. Yet, through Adam's sin, that nature, that race, that line, that family tree was cursed. And it is into this family which every single human being is born. All of us here are born with a nature that was originally created in the image of God, but has been marred by sin and is enslaved to sin. That's our family heritage. That's the inheritance that we pass from one generation to the next. That is the old self. The new self, on the other hand, is the new nature that we receive when we are united to Christ. The heart of flesh is given in place of the heart of stone. We were living according to the old self, but through union with Christ, we have died to the old nature and we have been raised as new creations, as new creatures with a new nature. By faith, we pass from being accounted according to the flesh and are united to a new family tree, not headed by Adam, but rather by Christ. As much as Paul has argued against the regulations of the flesh and their inability to produce holiness, he does not abandon the pursuit of holiness. He does not abandon the call to live a Christ-like life. Rather, Paul has rejected the regulations of the flesh as the means to holiness. And in their place, he has presented union with Christ as the power towards overcoming sin. As Christians, we should each desire to grow in likeness to Christ. We have seen the devastating effects of sin. We feel now the weight of our disobedience. But what power do we have to be free from sin? What power do we have to grow in holiness and righteousness and love? In our passage for this morning, we'll find that Paul calls us to grow in holiness, not through earthly regulations, but rather through the power of our union with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here is the power to put off sin. Here is the power to put it to death and to live in righteousness. Put off the old self of sin and put on the new self in Christ. Now, the first thing that we see in our text is that we are called to kill the idols of the heart. If we are to put off the old self, we must do it by killing the idols of the heart through the power of our union with Christ. Look at verse 5 of our text. There the Apostle says, Put to death therefore what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, 
impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. You see, to put these issues of sin to death, we must begin with the understanding that idolatry is the root of these sins. Idolatry is the source of sexual immorality and impurity and passion and evil desire and coveting and a host of other sins. Now, idolatry is the sin of worshiping something other than the one true God. It's setting up some object or ambition or feeling and putting it at the very center of your desires and emotions. To covet is to desire something that's not rightfully yours. You look at what other people have and you yearn for it. You desire it. You begin to make plans for how you can have it. You get upset when other people prosper. Someone gets a raise and you're angry that you didn't get one. Someone goes on vacation and you say, oh, that sure would be nice. Someone gets a new car or a new home and you begrudge them. And secretly wish that you were the one who was driving around with that new car smell. Instead of that sour milk aroma that's been lingering in your car ever since the milkshake incident. (laughs) And you grow angry. And you grow hateful. And you grow bitter. What is the root of that? It's idolatry. You are worshiping the God of money or of pleasure. You are angry when others get what you think will make you happy. And the same could be said of sexual immorality. I mean, what is the draw of those websites? Why is it so strong? Because you have created an idol in your heart. You have set at the center of your heart a feeling of control and pleasure that drives you time and again to do what you know is wrong, but you worship that idol. You have exchanged the glory of God for images of creatures. So what is the answer? How do we overcome our heart issues? Well, the only answer that the world has is sin maintenance. You try to hem in these behaviors by creating barriers and laws. You will yourself to stop doing it. But the Word of God teaches us that the path to victory over sin is not to maintain it. Rather, we are to kill it. We are to put to death the idols of our hearts. We must destroy it. Now, I am a person who's very smell sensitive. If there is a smell that's off, I cannot rest until I find it. So when we come home from vacation and there's some sort of sour or rotten smell in the house, the first thing that I'm going to do before I unpack is find that smell. I'm going to sniff and sniff. Is it the garbage disposal? Is it that old rag filled with mildew? Did the animals do something? And I will sniff and hunt until I find that smell and then I'll kill it. I'll find it and I get out the bleach. I get out the Lysol. I soak it with Febreze. I get the stink out of there. I cannot rest until it is done. And we need to be that relentless with sin. 
We need to sniff it out wherever it may be in our hearts. Don't rest one day. Don't ever give up the fight. But day in and day out, find out your own sin and put it to death. As Puritan John Owen once wrote, Be killing sin, or sin will be killing you. And if the root of sin is idolatry, then the only answer to killing sin is worship. That's how we kill sin. We replace the idol of sex, our money, our control with the Lord Jesus Christ. We worship Him. We long for Him. We gaze upon His beauty. We drink deep from His Word. So when you're on Facebook and there is that ad that comes up and you know that you shouldn't click it, how do you kill that desire within you? How do you put it to death? You realize that you are desiring and worshiping something other than Christ. And you say to your soul, Christ is better. Christ is better than that idol. You put that idol upon the altar and you kill it and you say, Christ is better. He is more satisfying. He is more fulfilling. He is more worthy than the small sense of enjoyment that I might receive from following that link. You see, before you were in Christ, you couldn't do that. You couldn't kill sin because sin was your life. To kill sin would be to kill yourself. As we read in verse 7, In these you too once walked when you were living in them. Heart idolatry was how you used to live before you came to Christ. But now that you are in Christ, You have died to sin and you are alive in Him. It is in Christ that your life now resides. So set your mind above where Christ is. Where do you get the power to fight sin? You get the power through your union with Christ. For by the power of the Spirit of God that is now within you, you kill the idols of the heart through worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. So, through our union with Christ, we must kill the idols of our heart. The next thing that we see is that through our union with Christ, we must rid our mouths of evil. If you look at verses 8 through 9, Paul says, But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, Malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. We must get idolatry out of our hearts and we must get falsehood out of our mouths. The Lord Jesus makes it clear that there is a strong connection between what is in the heart and what comes out of our mouths. Listen to what he says in Matthew fifteen seventeen. But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. 
And so when Paul commands that we not allow anger and wrath and malice and slander and obscene talk to come from our mouths, he roots this command in our new life in Christ. The reason that anger comes out of our mouth is because anger is in our hearts. The reason that we speak lies to one another is because there is falsehood within. The mouth is where the fruit of our heart goes. You see, when our heart produces this fruit of anger, then it comes out of our mouth. And so if we have a wrathful heart, then we will have wrathful words. And likewise, if we have wrathful words, it's because we're carrying wrath around in our hearts. So how do we deal with these words? How do we stop blowing up at our kids? How do we stop speaking behind people's backs? How do we stop gossiping? How do we stop lying? Well, again, all the world can say is, stop it. Will yourself to stop it. Don't do that anymore. But we cannot change our hearts. We cannot change the root of who we are by ourselves. And so the only answer is a new life in Christ. As verse 9 says, You have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self. And your union with the Lord Jesus Christ, your old way of life has been put to death. The heart of stone has been replaced with a heart of flesh. It is a heart of life and from it will come words of life, words of peace, words of blessing, and ultimately words of truth and words of worship. Because whatever is inside will find its way to your mouth and will be spoken. This past May, as many of you know, I graduated with my doctorate of ministry degree. And one of the first things that I did following my graduation was to make a cruel joke at the expense of a dear friend of mine. We were in the narthex of the church following the ceremony. And in a moment, I made an off-the-cuff remark that was demeaning and hurtful to my friend. And oh, how I wish I could get those words back. Oh, how I wish that I hadn't been so rude. But I realized that the reason that these prideful words came out was because I had been puffed up and I had a heart of pride. And without realizing it, words of pride came flowing forth from my mouth because my heart was so filled with this. And there before myself and everyone else was my sin. So I apologized to my friend. And he was very gracious. And then I went to the Lord. And I repented and I humbled myself before the Lord and I called out to Him for forgiveness because the words were only the fruit of a deeper issue. Namely, my pride. I thought I was something. And it came out quickly. And I had to kill it quickly. And so I urge you, Christian, when you hear your mouth speaking words of pride, words of slander, Words of complaint. Words of falsehood. Don't make excuse for them. Don't waste a moment. Rid your mouth of such words and kill the old self from which these words arise. 
Run to the Lord Jesus Christ at the very first hint of sin and set your mind upon His grace and beauty. And place your sin upon the cross once again, knowing that in Christ you have died to the old self and you have been raised to new life, which is free from sin. Again, be killing sin. Our sin will be killing you. So through our union with Christ, we must kill the idols of the heart. We must rid our mouths of evil. And finally, we must be putting off the old self. Look again at the end of verse 9 into verse 10. We read, You have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its Creator. The first thing I want you to see is that there are some definitive statements about the new life that we have in Christ. If you have looked to Christ in faith, if you have repented of your sins and have been joined to Him through God's grace, then you have died definitively to sin. The old self, the old nature, and its ways of living have been taken off. You have been raised to new life. You are a new creation. You are free from sin. You have put on the new self. These are completed actions. They have occurred. They are set. They are sealed. And they are eternally true. Look again. It says, you have put off the old self. That is done. You have put on the new self. It is done. By the power of the Spirit of God, you have been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the beloved Son. You have been given a new heart. You have been forgiven of your sins. You have been sealed for eternity. There is victory over sin. There is freedom from death. The work has been completed. Even as Jesus Christ said upon the cross, it is finished. Yet, While there are definitive statements, there are also process statements. You have died to sin, and yet you are called to be killing sin. We are alive in Christ, yet verse 10 says that we are being renewed after the image of the Creator. We have to recognize that we have been given victory in Christ, but we still must wage war against the enemy. We have been empowered to win, but we still must fight. And so we will struggle in this world with anger and with lust. We will be given to fear and anxiety. We will give in to moments or seasons of pride. We will be caught in addictions and substance abuse. For while there are definitive statements about our freedom in Christ, it is also a process of renewal. A process that often takes a winding path that we do not expect. You see, what we truly are has not yet appeared. We are new creations. We have put off the old self. We are seated with Christ above all rule and authority. But we still must struggle with sin. 
We still must fight the good fight. We still must struggle with the old self and its practices. And until we die and are made perfect in righteousness, or the Lord comes and we are transformed in a moment, we will still struggle with sin. You see, the struggle between the old self and the new self is kind of like two trains on parallel tracks. They run alongside one another for a season, yet they are going in opposite directions. The old self with its practices of sin is heading towards death and destruction. The new self, which is being renewed, is heading towards eternal life. And for a while it seems like you are both old and new, that you are both dead and alive, that you are both sinner and saint. But your struggle with the old self is only for a season. It's only for a brief time. And one day you'll be completely free of the old self. One day in glory you will see your life was not on the track of death, but on the track of life in Christ. And this is a process. We have already died to the old self, but we are not yet free of all of its practices. And so we must be about the business of putting off the old self. We must be about the business of day in and day out killing sin. We must set ourselves to sniff out sin wherever it may be and put it to death. So I ask you this morning, is there some sin that you harbor in your heart? An idol of control or lust? An idol of money or of pride? Is there anger or bitterness? Is there fear or anxiety? Then fight it! Don't give one inch! Don't rest until you have rooted it out, not by the power of the law, but by the power of Christ in you. Be killing sin or it will be killing you. This past weekend, my father was here for the Reformation, Ordination, Installation, Celebration that we had. And several of you came up to him and you asked, Are you David's father? When he commented on this, my stepmother said, Well, of course they recognized you as David's father. You look just like him. There is a family resemblance. You see, you can tell where I come from. I'm a Weber. Now what Paul is saying is that when you die to the old self, you die to the old family resemblance. You die to the old ways of your sinful flesh you receive from Adam and you begin to live as one who has been reborn into a new family. The family that is headed by Christ. And while it might take a while, By the fact that you are in this new family, you will begin to resemble them. As verse 10 says, we who are in Christ are being renewed after the image of the Creator. And this is what Paul means when he says in verse 11, if you look in your text. Here there is not Greek and Jew circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. He says, here, here in Christ, 
When you are joined to Christ, the old self, the old flesh, the old family, that is no longer how you are accounted. That is no longer the defining factor of who you are or who you will be. Jew or Greek, slave or free, these categories do not define those who are in Christ. For by the grace of God we have been joined to Christ, united to Him in such a way that we have died to the old self. We've been made alive to the new self in which each day we are growing in likeness to our new family, the family of God. So be killing sin, Christian. Be ridding your mouth of falsehood. Be putting off the old self. And by the power of Christ, be renewed day by day after the image of our Creator and our Redeemer, our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us go to the Lord now, asking for a right response to His Word. Lord Jesus, we come to You now at this time and we ask that You would put us on the track of killing sin. We pray that the idols of the heart would be pushed out as we gaze upon Your beauty. Even now this morning, as we worship You, may our love and affection for You grow to such heights that there would be no room in our hearts for the patterns and the practices of the old self, but that we would grow in likeness to You, our Creator. We pray it through Your holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen.